Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car, both of us, mean myself and Paul Clay, we are reporting for duty in the service of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the service of Our Lady, in the service to Holy Mother Church. Want to remind you that month is the, the month of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Don't forget, as Catholics, we should be praying our rosaries every day, even outside the month of May. But just to remind you, give Mary her, her, uh, uh, you know, her, her due and make sure that you're praying the Holy Rosary every single day. Paul, we want to talk about two things in this show. We want to talk about Judeo-Christian values. What does that mean? And then we also want to talk about the way the uh, second Catholic president, uh, ashamedly, I say it with much shame, he's using the Department of Health Services uh, to weaponize anti-terror programs against Christians, conservatives, and their opposition, uh, the GOP. We'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, I believe that's the Department of Homeland Security. Oh, thank you. Department of Homeland mm -hmm. Security. Got it. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip, with, which is called, What are the Judeo-Christian Values by Dennis Prager? We got some comments to make. Have you ever heard the term Judeo-Christian values? I suspect you have. Can you name any of those values? I suspect you can't. But you should, because Judeo-Christian values are the moral foundation of Western civilization. As the great British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher put it, the truths of the Judeo-Christian tradition are infinitely precious, not only because they are true, but also because they provide the moral impulse which alone can lead to that peace for which we all long. Mrs. Thatcher was a believing Christian. I am a believing Jew. While we have different theologies, we have the same core values. And as far as society is concerned, moral values are far more important than theologies. That is why traditionally religious Protestants, Catholics, Mormons, and Jews are aligned on almost every important moral issue. Here, then, are ten of those values. Number one, there is one God. That God is the God introduced to the world by the Hebrew Bible, or as Christians came to refer to it, the Old Testament. Number two, the Hebrew Bible introduced the most revolutionary moral idea in history, that there are objective moral truths just as there are objective mathematical and scientific truths. Without God, there is no moral truth, only moral opinions. Number three, because there are moral truths, good and evil are the same for all people. Number four, God, not man, not government, not popular opinion, not a democratic vote, is the source of our rights. The American Declaration of Independence declares, that all men are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Number five, the human being is created in the image of God. Therefore, every human life is precious, and therefore race is of no significance because God has no race. Number six, the world is based on divine order, 
and order is made by distinctions. Among these divine distinctions are God and man, God and nature, man and woman, human and animal, good and evil. Number seven, man is not basically good. Christians speak of original sin in referring to man's nature. Jews cite what God said in Genesis, the will of man's heart is evil from his youth. Both beliefs are diametrically opposed to the naive modern belief that man is basically good, and they lead to the same conclusion. We need God-based rules to keep us from our natural inclinations. Number eight, therefore, our natural inclinations are a very poor moral guide. As religious Jews and Christians put it, don't follow your heart. A lot of terrible things have been done and are being done now by people thinking their hearts are better guides than Judeo-Christian values. Number nine, human beings have free will and are therefore responsible for how they behave. In the secular world, free will does not exist because all human behavior is the result of biology and environment. And if there is no free will, people are not responsible for what they do, good or bad. Number 10, the Ten Commandments. They are the core of Judeo-Christian values. In fact, if everyone lived just by the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't need armies or even police. There's another important aspect to the term Judeo-Christian. The two religions need each other. Without the Old Testament, there is no New Testament. Virtually every Christian moral principle derives from the Hebrew Bible. Not only the ten Judeo-Christian values I just enumerated, but such basic moral principles as love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God, and love the stranger. At the same time, Jews need Christians. It was overwhelmingly Christians who carried knowledge of the Hebrew Bible to the world. Judeo-Christian refers to one other fact. No religions in the world share a common revelation the way Judaism and Christianity do. That common revelation is the Hebrew Bible. The only two religions that share that Bible or any sacred work are Judaism and Christianity. The ultimate embodiment of Judeo-Christian values has been the United States of America. America's founders were Christians, some culturally, some theologically, who were rooted in the Old Testament. So much so that Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin designed a seal for the United States that depicted God leading Israel out of Egypt, just as they believed God was leading America out of Europe. Only if we keep these values will we keep America, and for that matter, Western civilization. In here, uh, much of what Dennis Prager said is correct, but it's incomplete. And what do I mean by that? When you remove Jesus Christ as the final authority, Western civilization is going to be built on sand. It must be built on the rock, and the rock is Christ. In fact, I'm going to quote a Lutheran here. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was killed in 1943 by the Gestapo, uh, by the German Gestapo, here's what he said about Christ being the foundation of Western civilization. And I would agree with Bonhoeffer on this. He says this, quote, the unity of the West is not an idea, but a historical reality. 
of which the sole foundation is Christ, close quote. Preach it. Yeah, and you can see where Dennis Prager, where he misses it. And, or, and you can see the incompleteness of Old Testament thought. I, I, I would just uh, challenge anybody to go on YouTube and type in, Dennis Prager discusses pornography with Matt Fred. Boy, oh boy, will you be proud to be a Catholic once you listen to that debate. And it goes to show you, Matt Fred's probably about 25 years younger. He's a young guy. The, the superiority of the Catholic mind formed by New Testament and, and, and crystal-centered thinking, it's just, it just supplants uh, mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a great mind like Dennis Prager or mm-hmm. or uh, or uh, Ben Shapiro, because their understanding of of uh, of truth is incomplete. One more thing I want to offer that I want to hear from Paul. Western civilization was perfected by the Catholic Church, and what do I mean by that? Roman Catholic Christianity, the great thinkers from Athens, the culture of Athens, you know, with philosophy and rhetoric. The Catholic Church took the great minds from uh, Judaism, the prophets and the sages. The Catholic Church took the great minds from, from Rome, where we, where we receive law and, and order and structure. So the Catholic Church took Athens, Jerusalem, and Rome and transformed it and synthesized it and perfected it. And we call it Catholic Christianity. Everything that we enjoy today in Western civilization came through those three cities, Athens, Jerusalem, and Rome, but it was synthesized and perfected by Jesus Christ in the Roman Catholic Church. Paul? Yes, Jess, what a great intro. And um, you rightly put the focus on the Mother Church because let's not forget that when Jesus Christ founded the church. He is the true uh, king and the true son of David on the throne. That is a fact for every Catholic. So so at the time of uh, the inception of Christianity, Paul says in the New Testament that for the sake of the gospel, the enemies, uh, the Jews are enemies of the Christian. Now, now, granted, in, and at the risk of sounding anti-Semitic, because it's not, but the reality is the first persecutions in the church were done by Jews and zealous Jews, Paul the mm-hmm. Apostle being one of them till, till God touched his heart. So that being said, the mantle of authority um, has passed from the Jews because they violated the covenant one too many times. The curses of the covenant came upon them. We see that illustrated in the New Testament where Jesus, um, where, where, where the olive tree just shriveled up and uh, and died. Because Christ uh, cursed the olive tree because it was a symbol of Israel. Yes. <laughs> hey, so, Jesus so, 9-1-1. We'll, we'll, we'll pick it up after the next segment. We'll continue talking about this Stick around, talking about Western civilization. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. I'm Paul Clay here with Jess Romero, and we are uh, commenting on a video that was put out by Prager University. And in it, Dennis Prager is uh, uh, talking about the commonalities that we have uh, together and how the Judeo-Christian idea is the ideal for society. But, uh, you know, again, as Jess pointed out, most of it is accurate. Most of it is good. But like any good Catholic, we have to understand our faith uh, so that we can take and glean what is good and we leave what we know not to be true. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. In it, in the video, he says that um, um, he says that the most important thing is is you know is the moral principles and not the theology. <laughs> well, the theology is all important, wouldn't you say, Jess? Because the theology is yeah, because the study of God. Yeah, and it's the doctrine of Christ, like it says in Second John chapter one verse nine. Theology is the doctrine of Christ. So it's, right. it's, it's ultimately, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's important to be beyond uh, what we can even imagine. Yes. And so when you understand that theology is the study of God yeah. and through that study of God and uh, in, uh, in special revelation, which is sacred scripture, we learn that God became flesh, that the word of God from eternity became flesh flesh and he and 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 that's the greatest event in human history that yep. god sent his son into the world and so to dismiss it and say well that's really not what's important what's important are those 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 bonding principles that we agree to is simply false it's a false idea one of them is uh temporally um directed that is to say to improve our condition on the earth and the other one as you pointed out to me earlier jess you said that the catholic church is truly concerned with 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 god with souls with 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 with, with, with truly fulfilling the purpose of mankind and not trying to stop the titanic from bringing on water yeah that's that's correct and I'll tell you also where Dennis Prager is short-sighted. It's and in, in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter eight, verse six to thirteen. Here's what it says: uh, It says, "Now he has obtained so much more excellent a ministry, as he is mediator of a better covenant, enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless." No place would have been sought for a second one, but he finds fault with them and says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will include, conclude a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers the day I took them by the hand to lead them forth from the land of Egypt. So we see here in the writer to the Hebrews, it's essentially saying this. It's saying that the first covenant was deficient in accomplishing what it signified. It had to be replaced, according to Jeremiah, 
chapter 3131 and Hebrews 8, 7. Uh, Because even in the time of Jeremiah, the first covenant was antiquated. The superiority of the new covenant is seen now in the person of Jesus Christ, in the permanence of his priesthood, and in the fact that he's the only mediator between God and man. Uh, Scott Scott Hunt uses a phrase that I think I perfectly describes. Dis- yeah, <laughs> Go ahead. he said. Yeah, he says talking about the Old Testament. He says the good has become the enemy of the best. In other words, if what's good, the Old Testament, it was good for a time. If the good doesn't give way to what's best, the New Testament, then the good will become the enemy of the best. Yes, and. That is true. So the good must give way to the best. And what would it be like if we just returned back to the good? Right. That That's like saying, you know, it I would mean, not be enough. It would be incomplete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the Old Testament was shadows and types. And the New Testament is the fulfillment and the realities. The New Test, the Old Testament were signs that pointed the New Testament uh, 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 brought us to where we needed to go, and it actually accomplishes that which it signified. That's what that's the importance of understanding theology, and also so when you hear a, a phrase like he said, moral values far more are far more valuable than theology. Well, uh, in, in in one sense, there's a truth to that, but not. But, but but there's a lot of falsehood there. What do I mean by that? Obviously, what you do matters. There's the truth there. Uh, that there there's your moral value, your character. But beyond that, um, uh, theology is what gives you the understanding of the fact that we're in a spiritual war, that God did not leave us to fight this war without weapons. Mm-hmm. He has provided the paraclete, the Holy Spirit of God, to equip us, to strengthen us, to empower us, to gift us. Now that we are ready, we are a trained army. We are on the offensive. Christian soldiers, we are on the march. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Why? Because God has weaponized us. And how has he done that? He has just, he has caused you and I to be part, become partakers of the divine nature. And as such, we are members of his body. We have been given our marching orders by his own authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto him. And he sends us out by his authority to go out and to, uh, to join in the ministry of Christ. Amen. St. Augustine, he synthesizes the Old and New Testament this way. He says this. He says, the law, talking about the Old Testament, the law was given so that grace we would seek. And in the New Testament, grace was given so that the law we can keep. I'll say Amen. it again. Saint Augustine. Say it again, brother. Yeah, he said, the law was given so that grace we would seek. Grace was given in, by the Holy Spirit in Pentecost so that the law we can keep. Yeah. In other words, and another what, one of, an, yeah, yeah, what, what's yeah, good about the Old Testament is impossible to keep even the Ten Commandments without the Holy Spirit, without the grace of the Holy yes, Spirit. Yes, yes. So in other words, a Saint, another saying of St. Augustine, he says, Christ has merited for us our ability to merit. 
You see, there's nothing that we can do pleasing to God outside of God first uh, giving to us his life-giving spirit. And, and that life-giving spirit then produces works, works which were prepared beforehand by God that we should walk in them. And all we bring to the table is our cooperative will, our desire to say, not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. And when we learn that lesson, Jess, we can become formidable weapons. That's right. Amen. Paul, I want to switch gears. I want to go to another topic because it affects us here and now. The second Catholic president, who's the worst president in my lifetime, Joe Biden, and his uh, his DHS. What does it stand for again? I forgot. DHS Department for. of Homeland Security. Thank you. So Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security is weaponizing an anti-terror program against us, especially Latin mass Christians, by the way, uh, also against conservatives and the GOP. They even have a graph. This article that we have, uh, it shows the graph that's been intercepted uh, by by uh, probably the GOP, I'm guessing. Yeah, at and, one of their seminars, it was actually um, the uh, Freedom of Information Act no, that produced right. it. So, so basically, just what they did was they they re they co-opted a grant that was actually used to combat terrorism, real terrorism. It was first introduced by Barack Obama and then Donald Trump, and then they turned it. Joe Biden on the campaign trail said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm just going to get rid of that program," but he didn't get rid of it. He sent the money, forty million dollars, the average loan being about half a million dollars, to the most liberal groups possible in order to uproot what he calls, um, he, they refer to us as fascists, uh, enemies of the state. And no surprise that he gave some of the money to 40, uh, uh, half of the money to um, uh, college universities, which are what? Liberal bastions, right? Paul, he's weaponized, he's weaponized, uh, Everything, his whole administration is weaponized against people of faith, conservatives, political conservatives, and patriots. Yeah. And this graph, Paul, it's disturbing. It says it all. This is something that you think you would see from the Third Reich, uh, you know, 60 years ago, that if somebody would intercept some intel from the Third Reich, as, as I'm looking at it, it's got a pyramid. And it says, the pyramid of far-right radicalization, uh, it's, uh, and then on the very top... Uh, you have the, the top is number four, uh, three, two, one. On the very bottom, it says here are some of the enemies of, of the Democrat Party of the country, I dare say, according to uh, to the Biden administration. You got It says there are Fox News, the Heritage Foundation, the Christian Broadcasting Network, the Republican Party, the National Rifle Association. You even have uh, Prager University, Turning Point USA, uh, Breitbart. Uh, National Rifle Association. Paul, I'm going to tell you, th this uh, this is scary. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. This reminds me, there was a movie and a book that came out in, in 1949. It's called 1984. Mm. It's, written, it's written by uh, George Orwell. Th this article is Orwellian. And okay. what do I mean by that? Okay, we got about a minute, so I don't want to get into it. But uh, 
I, I want to describe to you, I think we've been warned about the Biden administration as we see them today. The book, 1984 by George Orwell, it describes what we're living right now. And there's also yeah. another book that's called Bra- A Brave New World by L. Dix Huxley. I'll mention mm-hmm. that as, as well. What, what, I'll give you a synopsis of both books that are worth reading. When you read them, you're going to say, what? Yeah. This is the America I'm living in right now. It, yeah. It's it's like if these two authors, Paul, I don't know if, you know, if they were just prescient, if they just had, you know, the, the gift of discernment, but they wrote these books decades ago, and what they wrote is happening right now, right under our feet, Paul. Well, yes, and, you know, again, like Sacred Scripture says, just good will be called evil, and evil will be called good. So just using that... Um, uh, that idea, we can see that the world is literally topsy turvy. We have liter- we are in an, living in an inverted world. Everything about this world is inverted. Uh, we'll be back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency. Dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. I'm Paul Clay, and I'm here with my old partner, Jess Romero. We're we're actually going through an article I think we think is very relevant. It's by it's uh written, the title of the article is How Biden's DHS, that is the Department of Homeland Security, is weaponizing an anti-terror program against Christians, conservatives, and the GOP. Uh, Listen, um, there was a, you know, just to summarize the article a little bit for those of you who missed it, uh, there was legislation that was passed in order to combat terrorism by Barack Obama when President Trump got in. He uh, pointed it toward real terrorism, which was uh, 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 affecting the country. And when Joe Biden was on the campaign trail, he decided, you know, he campaigned that he was going to just get rid of the whole thing. But that didn't happen. In reality, like most politicians, uh, they have a change of heart once they get in office. Joe Biden took approximately $40 million. And out of that $40 million, He gave, on average, a half a million dollars to left-wing organizations, including universities and colleges. And we know most of them are bastions of the left wing. Um, So so what are these people doing with this money? They are targeting, they are training, and they have listed uh, conservative organizations like... um, uh, Dennis Prager, Prager University, like, uh, uh, you know, um, the uh, R- National Riflemen's Association and others, Fox News, and they basically put them all under the umbrella of fascism. So Jess was uh, going to talk about two books that he was going to relate to this right before the break. Jess, can you tell us about the two books that you think are relevant to what's going on today here? Yeah, Paul, one book, it was written back in 1932. It's called 
Brave New World by Eldux Huxley. And in this book, it's eerily similar to what Biden is doing through the DHS. Mm-hmm. In, in, uh, in the Brave New World, 1932, in that book, they, they start exposing kids to sex very early. So there's this, this, this trend to sexualize young children and expose them to sexual behavior at, at, at a very early age. Now, now you tell me that that isn't uh, consistent with, with, the, with the present day. Mm-hmm. Also, The Brave New World, the book talks about a future society. And again, it was written in 1932. And the way they try to dehumanize people, how? Uh, this future society described by Eldix Huxley, there's an absence of spirituality. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, there's an absence of family life. Does that sound familiar? Absolutely. There's an obsession with physical and sexual pleasure. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. In Eldux in Huxley's Brave New World, he also warns back in 1932 that the world will move into technology so fast there will be a misuse of technology. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> that sounds real familiar. Let me and, and on that point, let me just add, um, I saw something today, Jess, where the Prime Minister of England is heading it up, uh, Great Britain, and he basically says he's going to go talk to Joe Biden about it. But the people who gave us artificial intelligence are saying we better move fast. And I think Elon Musk also mentioned it, that if we don't put certain safeguards in place, AI will, we will become extinct due to AI. And that is through their, um, through nuclear issues going on with them and also pandemic. But this is, like I said, you can't make this stuff up, Jess. Yeah. 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 And Paul, so, I mean, some of these books that were written in the past, these guys may not even realize that they were like prophesying. It's just like Balaam's donkey prophesying. You know, Eldex Huxley, I know, I have no idea this guy's interior life or spirituality or religion, but a lot of what he says, God may have been using him like Balaam's donkey to warn us about certain yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what about, all, what about yeah. Skynet? Skynet with yeah. the Terminator, right? Ah. That sounds like with the, with the AI. That's, I mean, that, you yeah. Yeah. God has even prophesied whoever made that movie using him like Balaam's donkey. Also in the movie, in the, in the book, Eldix Huxley, Brave New World, uh, they, there's a big push in, in raising everybody through a test tube, not a mother's womb. Is <laughs> mm. that interesting, huh? Also mm-hmm. in the Brave New World, the government controls every stage of a, of a person's development from embryo to maturity. So the, the emphasis is no longer on, on, on a mother in a mother's womb, children are raised in test tubes and by the government. Well, also, the in, secre- yeah, the press secretary for Joe Biden said the children belong to the state, not there the parents. That, that's, <laughs> the, that's the point that I'm making. There's these yeah. parallels with these books that were written about about a dystopian society, a disordered society. And these books were written decades ago. And Paul, we're seeing it right now. The yeah. dystopian society. We're going from, we're going from order to disorder. Also, mm-hmm. in the book uh, "Brave New World," the government conditions people to repeat to repeat phrases over and over while you sleep. So that's the way the mm-hmm. government conditions people 
to accept, you know, the role of government and what the government deems acceptable, what the government deems safe. Also in the Brave New World, uh, that society creates a society full of human clones. And of course, these clones have no no soul, obviously. They're devoid of personality. Uh, it, it reminds me, I just read an, an article of the other day where it says by 2050, the military will all be robots. All four branches of the military will all be robots by 2050. Very interesting. Yeah, well, and very interesting. They are trying to experiment with connecting robotics with human beings, therefore making us into something other than a human being. Hmm. Yeah. Here's something else. For your the brain book. to give you different information. And, uh, you know, like just like the movies where, you know, they say, oh, I don't know. Have you ever flown that helicopter? Well, wait a minute. They just downloaded it. Yeah, I know how to fly it. <laughs> Paul, what they're doing, what, what, what the secular godless technocrats and scientists are doing is they're, they've become Dr. Frankensteins. Yes. Yeah. That's what we have. We, we will be yeah. like God. Isn't that what they said? We will be like God. This is what the this is what they wanted at the Tower of Babel. This is what Satan wanted. You know, this is all satanic. If you just Absolutely. connect the, the breadcrumbs, it leads right back to the original lie in the garden, and man has swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And by the way, Jess. Uh, stay encouraged, people, because even though this seems like insurmountable, like what in the world are we going to do? Our families are being attacked. Everything's being attacked. God calls us to do one thing. Believe the Bible. Believe yeah. the Bible. It is yes. the word of yes. God. Believe yes. the Bible. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away. That's what the Lord Jesus yes. Christ says. Yes. Also, yes. when you... The book, The Brave New World, Paul, here's something else that Aldix Huxley wrote about. Very interesting. Uh, he said that in the future, every person is going to be conditioned to love three things. Uh, be, be, the government's going to condition us to love three things. So there's like this group think and this thought control. We're going to be we're, uh, we're going to be uh, programmed to love uh, it. Now, back then, I don't know why they said Henry Ford. So, you know, the, the founder of Ford Motor yeah. Vehicles. So back in 1932, Aldrich says, all Americans are going to be conditioned to love Henry Ford. Maybe that means love technology or love cars. I'm not sure what that means. Also, mm -hmm. he said in the book, we're all going to love this wonder drug. They call it Soma back in, in the book. Soma. Sometimes I think that the wonder drug is marijuana. We've made an idol of marijuana. We now call it medicine. Mm -hmm. We now we have we have doctors that prescribe it and psychiatrists that prescribed it. This soma, this this wonder drug that's going to cure all our problems. I sometimes wonder if the soma that Aldix Huxley was writing about in 1932 is this miracle medical marijuana that that is uh, taking this country by storm. And the last thing that he says that uh, that people are going to uh, be completely or, or they're going to love this, this last thing is, is recreational sex. Okay. Mm. There, there's no, no more, no more commitment marriage. That's that, that'll be a, a, a an old tradition. That's no longer uh, part of this brave new world. Mm -hmm. Now 
what's what will be part of the brave new world is simply recreational sex recreational drugs in other words this brave new world wants to cure us of any sort of unhappiness within society and Henry well, Ford in the in Henry Ford in the book he's worshiped as a god of technological innovation and development yeah and so we see that now now he's replaced with Elon Musk yes yeah there you go <laughs> uh, yeah you know right. you know you know listen um and they all look to Elon Musk to, to bring about the solutions the what's coming up next what can we what 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 can we course correct in next but yes um let's not let's not just forget that um uh this 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 what you're talking about this brave new world they are seeking to literally um uh change the world they want to and we say yeah, this often correct. they, yeah. they want to tear down so that they can build back better but what they're tearing correct. down is the catholic faith and make no mistake about it a lot of people talk about Christianity in a general term, and they say, "Oh, Christianity, Orthodox, Catholic," and but the but the target sites are clearly, and I think we can do a show on that one day. How they're clearly fixed on the Holy Roman Catholic Church. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And if the Catholic Church well, hold that thought, falls, hold that thought. Hard break. Hard break. We'll be right back. We'll continue this topic. Jesus nine one one. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We're talking about how the DHS's weapon, how, how the Biden administration is using the Department of Homeland Security to, uh, to weaponize against Christians by by promulgating this anti-terror program uh, against conservatives as well and the GOP. Paul, for the people that are just tuning in, can you give a synopsis of this article that lays out what Biden is trying to do to people of faith? Yeah. So essentially he has, as just said, weaponized the Department of Homeland Security. They have secured funding that was actually designed to be uh, targeting real terrorism. But what they've done is turned it toward their political enemies. This isn't the first time we've seen it. We've seen Lois Lerner with the IRS begin to target um, uh, conservative organizations. Um, we also, by the way, uh, didn't uh, they fund the IRS with 87,000 new agents? Jess, isn't that part of this bill that they're trying to pass through? Correct, correct. So, so um, I don't know about you, but 87,000 more um, IRS agents. Uh, <laughs> and if you look at the history of who they target, they target the middle class. So they're coming for you. No matter what they say, they're coming for you. And most people in the middle class don't have the resources to fight back. So they're just going to. So this is just another way of them targeting their political element, uh, uh, their political um, enemies and, uh, you know, basically distracting us with so many other things that we don't have time for politics. They want a one party system. That's what's going on. And again, this is not the first time the government has been weaponized. 
The, the government has been infiltrated. We've known that for a while. We've seen unfair elections taking place. We've seen the FBI and the Department of Justice. At best, uh, they are uh, a complicit in the whole thing. And at worst, they're in it neck deep. Uh, truth doesn't seem to matter anymore, Jess. Uh, I, I just want to give the people one line of encouragement. One line. Oh. John 10, 27 and 28, two lines, excuse me. My sheep hear my voice mm. and I know them and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Yes, there are those who would seek to pluck us out of the hand of the Lord. And who are these people? Those are the hirelings. Those are the false teachers. Those are the ones that are pushing anti-Catholic agendas. They are right in the faith. And so how do we resist this? Well, Jesus says, that, and like I always say, the truth rings true. If what we're saying to you rings true, and if you want to seek God and understand and honor God and give him all the glory, that's all we try to do here every week on this program, Jess, is point the people to God. Point them where they can. We're just beggars telling other beggars where we found bread. And this yeah. is where they can find rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary. If you're weary about all this stuff going on, if you're depressed about it, if you, you just don't want to hear it anymore, bury yourself in the cleft of the cross. Uh, let it, let it uh, manifest itself in holiness in your life. And that are those are our weapons that the Lord has given us. Go ahead, Jess, take us. Amen. Uh, yeah, I want to. I'm going to talk about how to keep your faith and your sanity in this present darkness. I just want to just make one more comment about another book, then we'll get into some action items. There's another book that came out, uh, I think in 1949. It was called 1984, and this book was written by George Orwell. So this book describes it, it describes uh, the government becoming very strong, totalitarian. In this in this book, 1984, the government's called Big Brother, and the government is involved in what's called thought police. They control people's thoughts, uh, and they 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 use. You know, they, they use bywords for modern social and political abuses, just like we see today. In this, in this book by George Orwell, he writes about the horrors of government censorship, the threats of, of authoritarianism. He describes a dystopian society created by the government. And uh, the government is called Big Brother. They're involved in brainwashing the population into making us unthinking simpletons obedient obedient to the leaders of the big brother the government and the big brother government they create propaganda language they control all the media the the propaganda language is is, is called newspeak which is designed to limit free thought and promote the party's doctrines also the government's involved in what's called double think so They'll have you repeat things like war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. 
So the party remains maintains controls of your thoughts and and, and they police your thoughts. And there is a, there's this continual surveillance. There's cameras all over the place. I tell you, Paul, when you see this movie or the, the, what, read the book 1984, uh, it it resembles much of what we see in China today, specifically China. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Where people, yeah, people who dissent we, against the government. In, in George Orwell's book, 1984, guess what happens? They just disappear yep. like they never yeah, China, existed, just yeah, like in China. China. Yeah, China's one step ahead of us, Jess, and Russia was that with the gulag and everything else. Yeah. So uh, even though Russia's kind of starting to come to their senses on a few things. Yeah. But 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 the reality is, is yes, uh, what they use to spy on us is Alexa, our phone. Right. Everybody has a phone. Every time you download an app, you give the app permissions to know where you are, where you're going. Uh, They can access everything about you. So the information is there. So Big Brother truly has been, you know, on the scene and monitoring us for quite a while. What can we do, Jess? Give us some action items. Give us a little encouragement. Let's go to the action items. Here's action item number one. Okay. Focus on your personal walk with the Lord. Focus on your prayer life. Focus on your interior life. Focus on your sacramental life. Make sure it's strong. Stronger than ever because you're useless to the mystical body of Christ. You're useless to your family if your faith is tepid. Number two, focus on your domestic church. That's your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your in-laws. Continue to inform them evangelize them, catechize them, encourage them, and pray for them. We've got to save our families beyond anything else. That's the first order of business, like it says in Acts 16.31. Uh, as, uh, uh, Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your family will be saved. Number three, be an influencer. Everybody has a certain network, certain so, uh, specific social contacts, a unique family and set of friends, evangelize, catechize, inform, and encourage them in their faith walk. Model a life of virtue and holiness and teach them how to promote the common good in a culture of life. Number four, don't be discouraged by the enormity of the task that lies ahead of us. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, she recognized that her efforts and those of her fellow sisters of charity were in her own words. She said this, quote, Our efforts are a drop in a vast ocean of need, close quote. But Mother Teresa never wavered, and her legacy lives on today. It also reminds me of Edward Everett Hale, who uh, died in 1909. He was an author, an orator, and a statesman. He said this, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. In other words, Amen. Catholics, stay the course. Use your talents for God. Do your best and stay in your lane. Here's point number five. At the end of the day, remember, God's in control. Okay, He's not asleep. This is His world. He loves everybody in this planet. This is His Catholic Church. And his divine providence is guiding the church through these rough waters for final victory. St. Padre Pio told us, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful, and God will hear your prayer. I recall a story about, told about Pope John, John the 23rd back in 1961. He said, 
you know, after he was done with a, a, a full days of work in the Vatican, it was said that each day he ended with a simple eight-word prayer. He said this, quote, It's your church, God. I'm going to bed. Close quote. That's the way he ended his night. It's yeah. your church, God. I'm going yeah. to bed. In other yeah. words, remember John the 23rd. Don't take all the problems of the church and country on your shoulders. Give them to God. He has much bigger shoulders, and he's going to be up all night anyways. He doesn't go to sleep. Paul? Yeah, and I just wanted to just piggyback off of that, Jess. Listen, uh, we need to put our yoke upon the Lord and learn from him, like the little ox and the big ox. His burdens are easy. Uh, uh, His burden is light. You know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Man. I get it, folks. There's a lot to be worried about out there in the world. There is, humanly speaking. Yeah. But we're called to be to go beyond ourselves. We are supernatural beings. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. We have been given the seal of the Holy Spirit of God to go out there and glorify him. And all this world does for us is it provides us an opportunity to do that because there are real opportunities to trust God. So um, uh, pray for us. Oh, our God, Let our guardian angels go out before us, protect us, Amen. and just hide yourself in the cleft of the cross. Amen. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in Matthew chapter 17, verse 8. It says this, quote, And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Amen. This verse captures the uniqueness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Catholics, don't be afraid. Lift your eyes and see Jesus the author and finisher of our faith and hear his voice. No matter what happens in this lifetime, we must trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5. We must trust in him. We must trust in him. Catholics, pick up your rosaries, rush to the battle lines. With the rosary in your hand, with Jesus in your heart, with a heart full of faith, we know how it ends. We win. Complete wipeout. Go out and encourage one another in the faith. Find somebody that you can lift up and encourage them. Amen. Up next, my friends, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for myself, me and Paul, we're out. We are E-O-W, end of watch. God bless you, family. Keep the faith.